and um, I want to read three verses of scripture to you there and um, while you are keep playing Sister Emily uh, while you are turning there I know there's a lot of things to distract us sometimes while we are in church and um, so that you will not be distracted uh, with this mark on my head. It's not the mark of the beast, um, nor did my wife hit me. Um, I pulled the garage door about halfway down and forgot about it when I was cutting the grass and made the turn around the house, and I found the garage door, and it did not move, so that's why um, I have this mark on my head. So if you, I don't want you worrying, trying to figure out, well, how did that happen while I'm preaching. You have enough distractions. Uh, John chapter 20, I would like to read in verse 18, starting there, and we'll read 18 and 19, and then we will start and read verse 26. The Bible says, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. And then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And then I would like to read verse 26. The Bible says there, And after eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas came with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. You find that phrase there in verse 19, when the doors were shut. You find it again in verse 26, the doors being shut. And I want to preach to you about that here for the next few minutes or so, when the doors were shut. Let's ask the Lord to touch our hearts here this morning. Oh, our Lord Jesus Christ, I am thankful for your presence. I'm thankful, Lord, for the goodness that you bring into our hearts and into our spirits. Lord, most of all, I'm thankful, Lord, that we have hope beyond the grave. I pray, Lord, this morning that some way and somehow, Lord, that, that the hope, the resurrection, Lord, would come into every person's life. And that you would help us, Lord, to see where our priorities are at. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And um, when the doors were shut... And uh, give me just a moment here. I should have taken care of this before I came up here. But um, I do have a timer. And most of the time I do try to pay attention to it. And you should say thank God for that. Um, if you have been around the church for any length of time, uh, maybe you have developed... A favorite service. I know that for some uh, people, Sunday morning can be a favorite time. 
for others, Wednesday night can be a favorite time. There are people that have expressed or in the past that sometimes it, they feel like that Wednesday night is perhaps the most important service because there are things that are taught and it solidifies things in uh, their heart. And uh, yet, whenever you come to Pentecostals, you have to uh, realize, although this is trending now in a bad direction, but for the most part, I think that probably the majority of Pentecostals always look forward to Sunday night service. Uh, call it whatever you will, Sunday night live, uh, various other times, it was generally a time whenever... Uh, that the church would come together and it would just be mainly the saints of God and that there would be a time of encouragement, a time of praise, worship, singing, prayer, preaching, altar services and, and vibrant worship uh, that took place. And, and that kind of uh, set things into motion for a lot of people for uh, their week. I am sad to say that that now that seems to be something that is uh, rapidly disappearing because there are a lot of churches that their doors are closed and the lights are out on Sunday evenings. That was not the case here that when you read in John uh, chapter 20, the Bible tells us that this was a very memorable Sunday evening. In fact, uh, it very well may have been one of the most memorable ones that the disciples had, had taken part in because the meeting had been electrified with the news. The word had come through and that uh, the grave was now empty. John and Peter had found it uh, on that way on that Sunday morning, that early Sabbath. And, and then Mary Magdalene, she had had uh, been with Jesus, although her first response to that was one of confusion because she thought that the Bible says supposing him to be the gardener. And then there were other disciples. I mentioned those on the road to uh, Emmaus. They had perhaps came and, and spread the word as well that the Lord had, had appeared to them and now... Uh, it would be a part where that the Lord would reveal himself to even uh, more of them. It's impossible to imagine here uh, this morning for, for all of the conflicting emotions that very well may have been moving through those uh, disciples there as the sun began to set there on that resurrection evening. Some of them believed it instantly, but there were others that uh, as of yet, and we read that Thomas as of yet had not experienced the resurrection in its complete fullness as uh, he would. And so there was still that element of doubt that was still there in their heart. And then there were others that, that no doubt that they vacillated between the emotions of, of joy and the emotions of despair. But there was one emotion that John writes in and he tells us, he said, here it is that these disciples 
disciples came and, and there was an emotion that was common to all of them and that was the one of fear. These disciples that they had, had, had known that Jesus was going uh, to and had even seen him. But now still there is that fear. And there's a hint that John tells us that he said the reason for that is because of their fear of the Jews. And so in that swirl of emotions there, they, they had locked themselves in. The doors were locked and, and the windows were shuttered. And, and it, there it was that there were in that room there a secure place. And two of the disciples were talking. And, and uh, you've probably been that way before. You've been talking to somebody and, and uh, they may have looked over your shoulder and, and gotten distracted with what was taking place in the room and that's what happened. There was a disciple that was speaking to one of them and then uh, he, he began to see something over the speaker's shoulder and there was a flash of, of various kinds of expressions that came over uh, that disciple's face. It, it was one of fear and confusion and hesitation and then I believe that it gave way to what Peter would write whenever he wrote his epistle to that church that was under pressure whenever he said these words that it was joy unspeakable and full of glory. We sing that song but whether you're aware of it or not that title was lifted from the epistle of Peter and now here is a man that is looking there and he is filled with absolute joy and then John writes it. He says that the Lord provides for them peace be unto you. That was just the right word for those disciples is to have peace. And uh, this has been a bad week this week and um, and I bumped my head and, and uh, various other situations and then uh, Laura ended up Thursday evening with a snake in her house and and so we're in there, and, and we're trying to get that, that sort of thing situated. And whenever you're in that moment, now it doesn't matter that it's only about six or eight inches long. It's, it's still your, your emotions, the fear that here is a, a guy that's over 200 pounds is worried about something that lay, weighs less than a pound. But, but that's the word there that you need at that moment. Peace be unto you. And, and when the Lord said that, everything about the emotions that they had, that that was gone, their fear was gone, and their doubt was removed out of the way, and the hopelessness and the despair that uh, even though he had been resurrected, it, it had somehow gotten a grip on their heart. And the Bible says it like this. Then were the disciples glad whenever they saw the Lord. He was alive and he had been resurrected. But John writes and, and he tells us something that none of the other gospel writers bring out. He says it like this. He said Jesus was in uh, their midst. And, and uh, some of the, the books that I have, there have been some of the greatest 
uh, sermons that have ever been preached on that simple one phrase that Jesus was there in their midst. That's a powerful thing for any of us to be able to say that at any moment in our life that the Lord can be there and he can be in the midst of us. It has no bearing on our circumstances. It has no bearing on how much money we have or how much we do not have. The fact is, is that there is a relationship that we have with the Lord. He can be in our midst. And yet here's the, cha- here's the challenge. John tells us the doors were locked. The windows were battened down. Everything was locked up. And, and yet now, despite the fact that, that Jesus is, is uh, he's more than a locksmith, but, but the fact is, is that somehow that, that he moved through that wall there and he passed through and now he is there in the middle of them and he's standing there in uh, their midst. And, and I want to, um, I'm, I've kind of really gravitated away from from topical preaching in the last few years, but uh, this morning I, I want to kind of go into some some places and just look at this topically. And so let's take this and leap off and go in perhaps a different direction. Here is what I want you to know: every soul has doors, and and uh, maybe one of the the best metaphors that the Lord could use for a man would be to say that he is a house. If you remember one of the things he said that he talked about how that that a soul is 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 a is a house that it has to be swept and garnished and every house that you know of there there are windows that are there there are doors that are there and and uh, and and I have doors in my soul you have doors that are there in your soul as well and yet whenever we walk in here into a sanctuary through prayer, we begin to open those doors up. It's through worship that we begin to open the doors of our heart as the Spirit begins to move through us. And then merely by you coming in to the house of the Lord this morning by your attendance, that thing as well helps us to be able to open up the windows of faith so if my soul has doors to them then I can close those doors to my soul as well and in fact we can shut them by ourselves there there are things that, that can happen to us that can cause us to shut those doors fear can lock us in in fact John expresses that he tells us he said that the reason that they're locked up in this place is because of the fact that that they were fearful of the Jews. These men had not yet received the boldness that would come to them on the day of Pentecost. That would be just a few weeks later. And yet the fact is is that there's times where that we can walk in to a sanctuary and, and we can close the door up because of our fear. The only desire that they had was to be safe from some unwelcome intruder and yet here's the fact there's times where you walk into a sanctuary or you walk into a place where the the Lord is at and you lock the doors and you don't let the Lord 
into your life and into your spirit. You've probably heard this phrase before, stone walls do not a prison make nor iron bars a cage. And so fear can lock us in. There's also places and times where misplaced priorities can lock us in. And, and uh, I, I heard a story about Charles Darwin. And in his younger years, he loved William Shakespeare and had read quite a number of the works there of Shakespeare. But as, as Darwin got older and began uh, to turn his mind and spirit in to the direction of, of trying to figure out evolution, that you know about that. And it's still having an effect here even uh, in our day and, and he didn't spend very much time with Shakespeare and later on in his life he come back to the point he said you know what I'm going to pick up some of his sonnets and I'm going to pick up some of his plays and I'm going to try to read through of this but what had happened was that he had allowed his mind to get into a place where that that Shakespeare no longer touched him anymore. It's just like that with the Lord. We can get so busy doing other things that whenever we get busy doing other things and we get our priorities so misplaced, we can close the door. And whenever you walk into a place like this and the Spirit of God begins to move, you can't feel or sense or understand the presence of God What's happened? You've closed the door to your soul. I use this. I think it was Wednesday night, and we're working over in the student building, and, and uh, I made some reference. We've got a number of computers that uh, are there, and they have stacked up over the years, and and uh, sometime in the past, they were shiny, nice Dells and shiny, nice Hewlett Packards. And, and uh, in the process of us moving things and, and all that, and of course, we're not taking them and just throwing them like, you know, heaving them around like trash. But uh, certainly, it's the case now that when you pick them up and move them over, you're not nearly as careful with them as you would have been 20 years ago whenever you first pulled them out of the box. That, that's so struck me uh, the other day whenever I started thinking about okay here you are that you're at this point in your life and now what was so such a important thing 20 years ago now it, it hardly even catches your attention why because it is not a priority anymore a few days ago I was uh, out and was had been, it's been quite a number of weeks but uh, Brother Sims and I have were out and about him, and, and uh, we were on our four wheelers, and we ride those things. There are hundreds of miles of dirt roads down uh, in the edge of Florida and the Cottonwood area, and all that, and. And uh, you pass by all of these abandoned houses that at some point uh, they, they were so nice and they, there's somebody lived there. And, and uh, so, so we pulled up somewhere down near Paramore's Landing and, and uh, there, there's a house down there overgrown. You can hardly see it uh, from the road. And so I, I, uh, we've been kind of watching it and there's no signs up saying no trespassing. So I thought, well, we'll just take a chance at it. And uh, so we eased around and fought through all the bushes and everything, got up to the back door and, and uh, went in that, that old house. I was shocked uh, 
And what I found there, rats and bird nests and, and rodents and, and big holes that were in the floor. But here's what happened. Whoever left that house, they left it immediately and all of their belongings are still in there. But it's probably been at least 10 or 15 years and there is dust all over it. There are rat droppings. And, and uh, I saw a Bible and I thought, I'm, I'm going I'm to steal this Bible and I didn't think quite like that, but anyways, I did pick up that Bible out of interest and started turning through it, and, and uh, rats had chewed up the edges of it, and so I just put it back down there. But that's the way things are. Hear me this morning, church, that if you try to grasp at material matters, there's going to come a day when all of that is going to be moth-eaten. It's going to be covered with rust. It will not be the priority you cannot afford today to come in on an Easter Sunday and not have me at least jostle you a little bit and ask you your, this question, where are your priorities at? Where are the things that matters the most to you in your life? So it is that fear can lock us in and misplaced priorities can lock us in. But uh, do you realize that friendships can actually lock you in as well? We, we often don't think about that. We think about how many times that people's lives have, have been ruined by their enemies. But there have been a lot of people that have been ruined by their friends. And, and uh, people choose friends that bring out the worst in them. And it's not too long before those friends begin to encroach on them and there is sarcasm toward the church and, and there is strife and carnality and, and all of that. And all too swiftly, those friends somehow get into the lives and the hearts of people and they cause them to close the doors of their soul. And they close the doors to the Lord. And so the fact is, it is, is that if we can shut the doors in, I would also point out to you here this morning that, that the spirit of the age can shut the doors as well. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 24 and Mark 13 and in Luke 21. He said, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. He said, as it was in the days of Noah and as it was in the days of Lot, he said, the coming of the Son of Man, there's going to be those same kind of days that they happen as well. The spirit of the age can lock the Lord out of your life. Even on this resurrection Sunday, there can still be things that this age locks out the Lord from your life. One writer described it like this. He said, our world today is secular, it's savage, and it's sensual. He described it like this. He said, it's secular in that they didn't like to retain God in their knowledge. Only Noah and Lot found grace in the eyes of the Lord. It can be savage. It was such a violent society. The Bible tells us that it says that the earth was filled with violence and then it is sensual. And the Bible tells us that men gave themselves and women in Romans 1 gave themselves over to all forms of lust. Sociologists, people that look at the direction of society and, 
and uh, the trends and all of that, this is what they have noted. They said, if you want to tell the direction of a society, look at its forms of entertainment. And um, it used to be just television, but now it is the Internet, it's streaming platforms, it's iPads, it's iPhones, it's all sorts of devices. And I made reference to this the other night. It's almost like when you have a, a smartphone that, that it's literally like you've got a rattlesnake in your hand. And yet sociologists say if you want to look at the direction of a society, look at what they're being entertained by. And while I, I, I don't want to get off onto a rant here this morning about entertainment, hear me, church, there's no way that you can pull all of that stuff in on a constant daily basis and then come in here and maybe spend three hours on Sunday and maybe an hour and a half on Wednesday night. There is no way that that amount of time is going to offset the other 168 hours of your week. There's got to be something about it that you're vigilant and that you're sober and you say, I don't want that thing in my mind and in my spirit. I do not want to let my mind dwell on those particular things. And so the spirit of the age can come along and it can in its own light. It can lock the Lord out and away from his disciples. And then the third thing that I would point to you is from 1 John chapter 4 and verse 3. The Bible says, And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is coming to flesh is not of God. And, and this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already it is in the world. And so the third thing that I would point out that shuts doors of our soul is the spirit of Antichrist that would try to come into our age. Now, now understand this about the Antichrist. It's not just a false Christ, but it is anti-God. It is something that says, I, I hate God. I, I can't stand God. And there's times where that I, uh, and I, and I try to, I'm doing better at it. I need to do much better at it. Uh, but I will listen to some of the talking heads in our generation. And I, I've used this expression some with, with Justin and Nate and, and some of my friends that, that whenever you begin to hear these voices, here's the thing, they're God haters. The things that they're spewing out of their mouth, all it is is an expression of the fact that they are God haters. And I would even tell some of you here today, and I'm not on Facebook, and I don't get on Instagram very often, but listen to me. If you think there's a political solution that's going to fix the problems that America has, I would just say you're just as lost as those people that are on the liberal left because there is no correction for our society from a political standpoint. You can't get the right guy in the White House. You can't get the right guy in the State House or even downtown in Dothan in the mayor office what's got to happen is there's got to be a revival and it can't be just one church it's got to be multiple churches throughout our community that begins to say we've got to have the Lord the Lord's got to work because the spirit of Antichrist is moving to try to close the doors of our souls 
That's those things that are there that, that are so necessary. And again, I, I want to just tell you that somehow that, that I believe what we're doing right now is so important to our soul. And, and uh, I, I was listening to the, to the corral scene uh, here this morning. If you've been paying attention to what's going on around here, uh, you, you notice that I tried, Brother Patterson, and I try to do the majority of the preaching but but here's what I want in a church is that I want every person to somehow to wherever they're at I want them to be involved because here's a matter if you're involved there will be a matter of ownership and the fact will be this that the church will not be built around some rock star preacher or around some rock star singer or some rock star program but we walk in here and we exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what brings stability to churches. It's whenever we do not close our souls off to the spirit of the age. And so it is that I have to tell you this, that even though we do close the doors at times, you, you can't keep the Lord out. No, you can't, you can't keep him out. John, forgive me, I love you. I always pick on you when you come to church. But, but his mother, Sister Chumney, long-time member of our church, and uh, I, I, I've lost track of how, many, how long it was that uh, Sister Chumney <coughs> passed away. But I, but I dare say for John and uh, even for Sister Mullen is the fact of this is that that you know what they can't get away from their mother's voice there's times where that, that even though that she's been gone they'll hear Sister Chumney talking in their ear and I, and, and I have a feeling that some of those things that they hear and I'm not talking that Sister Chumney's come back okay don't 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 do me like that okay I'm just saying that the memories of the things that she said, then they come to their minds and come to their spirits. What is that? That's the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't get away from him. You might try to close the door off, but those voices of the Lord, they will keep talking to you, and that's what you've got to understand here today, that you can do your best to close the doors and say, I'm not going to let the Lord in, but oh, he's going to visit you. He's going to come he's going to come see you. He's going to come talk to you. Why is that? Is because he's reaching for us where we are. That's called the grace of God that reaches into our spirits and reaches into our lives. That's the Lord talking to us. And uh, I want to say this that that our Lord, he is not so timid that he's just going to be cast aside just because you're working yourself ragging, just because you've gotten distracted with the world, the Lord, oh no. He's not going to say, well, I'm just going to give up on him. Oh no, the Lord's going to keep knocking. He's going to use everything he can to get your attention. And there will be times that if he can't get your attention, he will drop you in the cellar of affliction. And I know that as Pentecostals, it bothers us sometimes whenever we get into the matter of affliction. But let me remind you of Acts 9 and what the Lord told Ananias to tell Saul. He said, when you get down there, you tell him he's going to suffer for my name's sake. 
And so there's times where that, that you cannot, you can't keep him out. And on that Sunday night there in Jerusalem, those disciples, they found that out. Suddenly, even though every door was locked, suddenly, even though every window was closed, suddenly, even though it seemed like that that place was secure, the Lord is there in their midst. They could not shut him out. I've used this illustration before and I ran across it again. I was working on this message and there was a story told about a, a shepherd in Scotland. He had a little girl and uh, every, every evening whenever he would be coming in with the sheep, she could hear her dad coming down and he'd be singing out to the sheep, come on, blister, come on, blackie, come on, rebel, come on, tip, come on, spot. And she just loved to hear the call of her dad's voice. And after a while, that little girl grew up and became a beautiful young lady. And so she went off to that large city there in, in Scotland called Edinburgh. And when she got there, she started writing letters every week. The letters would come and then got to wear every other week, every month or so. And then finally, they just dropped off. And, and uh, the parents were so distressed. And so the rumors that came back to the shepherd and his wife was that his daughter had gotten involved in some very wicked places. And so it just, it just so destroyed that shepherd and his wife. And so he told his wife, he said, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to Edinburgh and I'm going to see if I can, I can find her. And uh, so the story goes that he got out and he started looking in that great city, but he couldn't find her. He went through, started up in, in the higher echelons, and then he finally got down in to some of the worst areas of the town, but he couldn't find his little girl. And so suddenly he remembered his little girl and about how she liked to hear the call of the shepherd. And so he got down into some of the seedy areas where the bars and the brothels and all that was at. And he started walking through the sheets, walking through the streets, and he began to, to call out, Blackie, Blister, Tip, Spot, with that musical tone that he had in his voice when his daughter was a little girl. And she was in a bar there, and her face changed. She started hearing something, even be above the laughter and the music. It was drowned out again. It was the call of the shepherd. And she stood up and said, my dad is looking for me. My, he, he's trying to find me the best way that he can. And, and, uh, and so she stumbled out of that place. And, and the story goes that they took her back home and, and restored her and helped her to find that place back to where she was. But I'm going to tell every one of us here this morning, you can't keep Jesus out. And please listen to me, and I'm not going to say this any way of, of pride or arrogance, but as long as I'm alive, you're going to hear my voice the same way I'm preaching right now. I'm going to be loud. I'm going to be passionate. There's going to be feeling that I have when I'm preaching. Why is that? It's because I've got conviction. I believe the Lord Jesus Christ is the most important thing in every one of our lives. I want you to stand with me here this morning, this Easter Sunday. What about you? Are there doors of the soul that you have, have closed off? Or have you closed the doors of your life?
Have you put up barrier after barrier after barrier? And you may have done your best to close every single door. But hear me. As long as the grace of God's active and working in our lives, we cannot close Him out. I want to pray for you here this morning. Our gracious God, we are ever so thankful, Lord, for what was accomplished at the cross. But Lord, it didn't stop at the cross. Because, Lord, your, your word tells us, and there are even historical examples that tells us that you came out of that grave. And I ask you, Lord, today, that if there are people right now in this sanctuary, that somehow, Lord, that they have closed doors off to your sweet and kind presence, I pray, Lord, this morning that you would speak to them what you spoke to your disciples. Lord, speak words of peace. Speak words of life. Speak words of salvation, Lord. I ask you that in Jesus' name today. In Jesus' name. These altars are open. I know it's Easter Sunday. If you just like to step out from where you're at, walk up here, just lift, just just lift your hands to the Lord, and just tell the Lord, Lord, I'm thankful for the resurrection, but Lord, help me that my priorities don't get so misplaced. That my heart, Lord, doesn't get so hard that I lock you out so that you cannot come into my soul.